Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast, where every week I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching, scaling, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. I'm your host, Rick Ritchie Babbage. Working to make the world a more just and beautiful place is messy, complex, heart-wrenching, and ultimately deeply joyful and fulfilling work. And none of us can do it alone. That's why I started this podcast, this mastermind community, to hold space for and share the learnings and the questions and the grapplings and the actual concrete strategies that allow us to move our social impact work forward together. So welcome to the mastermind. I'm so glad you're here. So welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind. This week is another Mastermind Hot Seat, and I have really loved getting questions from folks. I honestly feel like it's one of my favorite things. I love hearing what's really present and top of mind for folks, and I just love teaching and coaching. So the opportunity to support someone in real time just means a lot to me. You can keep them coming. You can submit them at speakpipe.com backslash nonprofit masterminds. That's where you can submit your questions. And honestly, a lot of folks are just sending sort of questions via email, which I also love. Brooke at brookrichiebabbage.com. You can reach me directly there at any time. So this month's mastermind hot seat, and I'm going to try and do these once a month because they're really fun. I'm calling, what do I do with my board? (laughs) So it's from Allison in Iowa. Thank you, Allison. Shout out to you. And it's a really great question. Allison says, my board has identified as a goal for itself, wanting to be better as a board. My board members are open to trainings, but we just don't know what to focus on. Honestly, it's a little overwhelming. What would you recommend we focus on first if we want to level up our work as a board? So first, kudos. I love that your board has been explicit about focusing on itself and investing in building its own strength and capacity. That is a really great and important first step. And don't take that for granted because a lot of boards, quite frankly, never get there. So I'd organize your thinking into three core areas of focus. I'm going to lay them out here. Then I'm going to briefly break down the questions you can ask inside each of these buckets to create an approach to changing your board. First bucket is how you work together. This is about your meetings, your board culture, and the commitment to an integration of equity and inclusion into your work together. The second bucket is board engagement and ambassadorship. This is about how available and connected board members are to the organization between meetings, as well as about the extent to which they actually help connect the organization to new people and new resources. And third, Board structure and systems. This is about your policies, your structures, the extent to which you have written things down, et cetera. So let me break down what you can actually do inside each of these three buckets. Start by making time for discussion with your board members in which you identify clear goals within each of the three buckets. First, how you work together. Think about how you spend your meetings. Are they full of updates and reports? Or do you use them for more generative and strategic discussions that actually move the work of your organization forward? Literally, how do you spend time together? Is it fun and interesting or is it boring? 
You want to make sure that the majority of your time together is spent with the board in an advisory capacity. This is generative and strategic. I give this challenge to some of the executive directors that I work with. Try throwing out every board agenda you've ever had and drafting an agenda for a meeting with no updates, not a single update. What would that agenda look like? First, where would the updates go? Be creative. This really pushes board chairs in particular to think about different ways to keep board members up to date during the year outside of the synchronous time, because most updates and reports can be shared very effectively asynchronously. So you don't want to use your in-person time for things that could be done probably better, not in person, right? So where do the updates go? And second, what would you do with all of that time in your meeting? What would you actually want to talk about as a board? So how you spend time in your meetings. Second, create a shared definition and understanding of the culture that you want to have on your board. How do you want to be together at meetings? How do you want to work together, connect between meetings? How do you make space for differences in perspective, for differences in opinion, for messy conversations that sometimes boards really need to have? And finally, within this bucket, think about how you will operationalize equity and inclusion on your board and not just give it lip service. What are clear indicators of each that everyone understands and buys into? And how are you holding yourselves accountable as a group? to these indicators of equity and inclusion. The second bucket, board engagement and ambassadorship. You wanna ask yourself basically as a group, what are the guidelines for engagement between meetings, right? So there are four types of engagement. I've talked about them on this podcast. There are meetings, which we talked about a few moments ago. They're one-on-one connections. So these are opportunities for Ideally, the executive director and the board chair to connect with each board member between meetings at least once a year. It's better if it's twice a year, sort of beginning and end end of your fiscal year, and then ideally midway through your year as a check-in. And these are opportunities to really reconnect on a personal level around the vision that the executive director and the board chair have for the board and the organization and to hear from each member what is inspiring and interesting and honestly even confusing to them about what's happening with their board membership or with their organization. The third are updates, which I talked about moving them out of meetings and thinking of creative ways to provide these meaningful updates throughout the year. I have talked in a recent podcast about board update dashboards. I'll include the link to that episode in the show notes. It's a really, really great tool. And fourth type of engagement are points of inspiration. So these are light touch reminders to individual board members of their affinity for your mission, right? Why they are on the board. These can be really interesting books that you've read that speak to your issue, articles, speakers that you're going to see, conferences you're attending. You can either invite board members to join you and or send video snippets, send just your sort of thoughts and reflections, send pictures and images of your work in progress. So if you're thinking about board engagement and ambassador this ambassadorship, this second bucket, what do board members want to be updated about? 
How do they want to be engaged? What kind of information and engagement will feel inspirational? And what is their responsibility to access those things? Right? What is on them to reach out and seek? And what will they need from the leadership and the staff on the organization side to give them what they need to stay engaged? Having frank, honest, explicit conversations about these things is one of the most effective ways to make sure that you've created a good infrastructure for engagement and ambassadorship between meetings. And finally, you want to get super clear as a board about what ambassadorship actually means on your board. What are the expectations and what do board members need to do in order to meet those expectations? Are they expected to introduce new people to the executive director? Are they expected to help find new board members? Are they expected to show up at programming? Be really, really clear and precise and make sure that everybody agrees and is equally engaged. And then the third bucket is board structure and systems. One of the easiest ways to operationalize this bucket is to ask, do you have a set calendar of meetings? It's actually really surprising to me the number of organizations that sort of set their meetings on a rolling basis. It can sound and feel when you are doing it as if that is the most effective way to get board members to attend. But setting an annual board calendar of expected meeting dates and engagement points and saying, this is what our calendar looks like, allows you to build out communications and strategies around that calendar. You want things like when you meet and how you come together to be set. You want those to be the pillars for the rest of your work together. So having an annual calendar is really important. Having a governance manual is also really important. This can be really any shape or form that fits your style, your ethos as an organization. When I was developing governance manuals for organizations, which I did as like a side hustle um, years ago, because I just sort of love manuals and systematizing things and codifying things. One of the things I noted and was really excited by was how different they all looked, right? So you might have a governance manual that has a lot of bullet points and just paragraphs that clarify roles and responsibilities in writing. I also helped organizations pull together governance manuals that were series of images that basically said, this is how we work together. This is what a good meeting looks like. This is what engagement looks like. Here's some videos, et cetera. The point of a governance manual is to make it really clear what it means to be on the board, what the roles and responsibilities and expectations are, and how you work together to codify some of what we talked about in the other two buckets. Third, you want to make sure you have the right structure. And often this comes down to committees. Do you have the right ones? Do you have too many? That is really, really common, too many committees. Organizations think they're supposed to have specific committees that do specific things. And then they are sort of assigning people to committees that they really don't care about and don't feel any connection to, and then are concerned or wondering why they have low engagement, right? So do you have the right committees? Do you have too many committees? Do you have the right number of committees given the number of people you have on your board? 
you don't want to have people on your board that are on like four committees, unless they raise their hand or like, this is all I'm doing. And this is what I have time to do. Generally speaking, if you find that in order to get the committee work done, you have to have multiple board members on lots and lots of committees, then you have not right-sized your committees and your work to the size of your board. Within this bucket, you also want to ask yourself, do you need committees at all? Really rethinking your governance structure and making sure that it's aligned with going back to bucket one, the culture, the way that you want to be together is important, right? Your structure should reflect the way that you actually want to work, not the other way around. And so I, I invite you actually to listen to probably my most popular downloaded episode about rethinking governance structure. I'll include the link um, in the show notes here. And then finally, I recommend a board prospectus as part of your board structure and systems. This is a clear and codified process for recruiting and onboarding new members and for telling external stakeholders, people who might join the board, everything we've talked about, what it means to be on the board, how you work together, what the organization is working towards, strategic goals and priorities, who's on the team, et cetera. It paints a picture for potential board members of the team that they're joining, the organization that they are becoming part of and the community that they're entering. So those sort of core pieces of structure and systems are super important. The key here for all of this is setting aside dedicated time to talk about these things, to define them, to agree on goals within each area, and then to reverse engineer what the board will do and what it needs to set those goals and to get to those goals? Does it need training? Does it need information? Does it need to show up and work together in a different way than it has in the past? The clarity about where you are, where you want to go, and what you need to get there is what will allow you to sort of sink your teeth into the change that you want to bring about with your board. You'll have a much better sense of where to start. My recommendation is ask these questions in each of these buckets and see what resonates with your board. What do they want to focus on first? I also have a new quiz that actually diagnoses your board's current strengths and provides the exact next steps in each of these buckets to shore up where your board is not as strong as you'd want it to be. And you can get that quiz at resources.brookrichiebabbage.com backslash nonprofit board checkup. So that is my answer to your question, Allison from Iowa. I hope that was helpful. And I hope it was helpful to all of the rest of you listening who have that question for yourselves, right? You want to be better as a board. You want to have a better board. And you're wondering how and what to do. I encourage you to think about these buckets, to check out the other resources that I mentioned, and I'll include links to them in the show notes, and to definitely access my quiz, resources.brookrichiebabbage.com backslash nonprofit board checkup. That's it for this week, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind podcast. If you liked this podcast, I would also love for you to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think that what we talk about here could benefit another leader in your life, please share with your friends. 
Finally, if you'd like more leadership in your life, you can sign up for my weekly five-minute read Leadership Forward 321 newsletter. I send articles, resources, and inspiration every week curated around a leadership theme to help you lead your nonprofit better. You can sign up at richiebabbage.com backslash Leadership Forward 321. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.